Tinfoil hat. Hey man, where's hey, the truth there, dog? Tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Yeah, I just played the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm just not an audio guy. God damn. All right, guys. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. Uh, It's a uh, a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Join me as always, XG. How are you, boss? Good, good. Chilling. Last episode, you and I butchered some names, dude. You're getting infectious. My, bad. my level of uh, what was it? Geneva, Ganava, Geneva, Guyana. Guyana, Guyana. You know, nobody knows where it is. Nobody knows. They don't care. The Guyana people aren't listening to podcasts crying. All right, uh, guys, it's a wonderful time to be alive. This will be out. This should be so tomorrow. Tomorrow, mañana, Armageddon drops on Vimeo. Go to Vimeo.com and just put in Sam Tripoli comedy specials. Sam Tripoli's comedy special or Armageddon or, or the Viper Room and you can find it. It's $2 the rent, $3 the own. Come on, man. Come on. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful special. I'm very blessed. It turned out great. Everybody likes it. So this will be the second part. 40 minutes of murder. So that's that. So thank you guys so much. Check out the Patreon. And also, we want to thank our friends at BetDSI. BetDSI for all your bet needs. That's right, man. Guys could have made some money on boxing. was great last night. Uh, boxing. Uh, um, um, uh, UFC. UFC. That was a good card that the UFC did no promotion on. No promotion. It doesn't matter how good you are. If they don't promote you... No one's going to see your fights. Sometimes I go in there and I want to see like the prelims or I'm, I'm off early. So I'm like, I got a 30 rack. I'm going to watch all the fucking fights. They don't even have fucking pictures of the guys who are going to fight. That's l- the worst, dude. That's, yeah. How, they got Instagrams. It doesn't take long to take a picture and put Whose it up there. job is it to so do that? So disrespectful. If I was going to fight, my fucking picture ain't, ain't up there. What are you going to do? You're going to fight. Yeah. You need to fight. <laughs> I'm broke as fuck if I'm fighting. Five, you need to make that five grand you're going to make for doing that gig. Um, so go, uh, go check out the new thing. And, and uh, those, what dates Chicago sold out. Oh, bet the I was doing that. The bet the I I use the promo code hat 100 hat 100 and you get, uh, $20, uh, towards your, to, for your first deposit. And then they'll match anything up to $500. And, uh, I, Hey dude, I do the parlays on there. I like to make the bets. It's probably the only thing I'm not addicted to though. I'm addicted to everything else in my life. Gambling is not it. My dad, my brother, they love to gamble. They're big gamblers. I just, I, I just, I'm too emotional. I can't do it. I was checking on their website. They fucking do gambling for esports, which means gaming sports. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, well, dude. Damn. That's they huge got, got, money, dude. Dude, video games sell more, make more money than movies. It's like, a, it's bigger than the movies. What's that? They're 60 bucks a piece. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I got you. So you're saying they could sell. So what takes four movie tickets equals one game. Nobody cares what you think. That's why you're not on a mic. I could have let you be on a mic. I could have let you be on a mic. I said, no, take his fucking mic away. 
Nobody <laughs> needs to hear his, his mouth. You know? So I uh, uh so that's the deals right there. Those are the deals. So uh, the blessings of my life is through this show. I've been able to meet a lot of wonderful people. And I recently did a, uh, a swap cast with uh, some of the best in our genre, our genre of truth, our spiritual skepticism. And uh, I got to meet some people. I, th- I, I, I mean, I, I know the conspiracy farm guys, uh, the Corbett. Report, James Corbett, I got to meet him. And then I did uh, our, our guest for today's episode. I've done his podcast. It's called The Ripple Effect. Please welcome Ricky. Verandas. Verandas, everybody. <laughs> I'm just, that is the hardest part of the show for me, is getting the names right. That is the hardest part. And it's become, I'm in my head now. I'm in my head. How are you, Ricky, dude? I'm super excited hey. you're on. Ricky. Hey, thanks for having me. You're Thanks for a, having me. I really appreciate it. No problem, Ricky. You're a wonderful guy. You're one of the nicest dude. Nicest dude puts together this mega super show to do, and he's the only one that can't fit onto <laughs> the video. Everybody else is on the video. He's not on the video. And uh, but he's a G. He didn't complain. He, you know, next time we do, we gotta we gotta find one of the services where you uh, can have more than four people. I, th- I think Zoom might be that. Maybe I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah. But uh, you yeah, put. I don't together- know. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if that was a Skype problem or if some way we connected or if it just can't be done. I'm I'm not sure, but hopefully we figure it out. Either way, like I always say on the show, the most important thing is just getting the conversation out there and sparking interest. And I think that's what we were trying to attempt to do is just get all our fans to kind of hear the other people's show and and spread the the conversation. So you know, and create the ripple effect. That's kind of the goal. That's well, it's wonderful, and and obviously I'm one of the best guests you've ever got. But outside of me, <laughs> you've gotten some pretty amazing guests. I'm always impressed, man. Who are some of the guests you've gotten on your show? That I mean, like Jesse Ventura. Who else have you gotten? Uh, I've had Rick Ross on. I've had uh, you know, the real Rick Ross, Freeway Rick Ross. We talked about uh, obviously the Iran Contras and and how uh, you know, all the cocaine that was coming into Meta Arkansas, and you know, all that story with the uh, Clintons helping with the with the you know, yep. with Barry Seal and the Clintons. I, I've got Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson, who was chief of staff for Colin Powell in the White House. Wow. I've had, I've had a, a ex-FBI, um, John Kiriakou, who uh, he's the one who, who basically went public with the torture uh, when they were doing that. He was on like uh, 2020 and Dateline and all those shows exposing uh, the torture uh, during the Whistleblowers, Iraq man. It's a, da- yeah. it's a dangerous game being a whistleblower. You really oh, have yeah. to I- love your, 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 your fellow man to do that because you are basically flamethrowing everything in your life. Yeah, I've had Thomas Drake on, who's a whistleblower, the NSA whistleblower. I've had John Kiriakou, who's a whistleblower. I mean, these guys, their lives have been ruined. I've had Abraham Bolden, who's a JFK whistleblower. He was the first black Secret Service agent on a presidential detail. Uh, I mean, these guys, they they try to do the right thing. And, and even like uh, Thomas Drake, he tried to do the right thing by telling his superiors what was going on with the NSA. And uh, and then eventually he had no other option but to go to the media and they ruin his life. He has a divorce. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys, they, they end up getting uh, they're, they're broke. They get divorced. They're, they're they ruin their relationships with their friends and family. They can't get jobs anywhere. I mean, Thomas Drake was one of the most respected people to work in the NSA. He ended up working at like an Apple store. You know, I think he still is, you know, couldn't get a, a job anywhere, you know, and. It's just it, it's mind boggling. You know, you look at a uh, uh, Ray McGovern. He's another guest who's been on. He did the presidential daily uh, briefings, uh, you know, for a lot of his career where he worked for the CIA. And same thing. I mean, he became an activist after he retired from the CIA. 
And he's one of the famous activists that uh, was beaten uh, by security yep. when he was protesting one of the Hillary Clinton yep. uh, speeches. You know, and it's like this guy, you know, instead of being looked at as a, a hero and, and somebody who, who uh, invested a lot of his time and services to, in, in making the world safer, uh, he gets treated like that. So it's just, yeah, it's it's mind boggling. And then you get people like I've had uh, Dr. Uh, Brzezinski, which uh, is another crazy story. He's a guy who was considered like a medical genius, came, he was a Polish immigrant, came to the U- U.S., um, and then basically was considered a medical genius, got his PhD in his like early 20s, I believe, or mid-20s, really young, um, w- was wanted by all the top clinics. And then once he found this thing called an- uh, anti-neoplastones that was having some positive effects in curing cancer, uh, he gets looked at as a quack. And then he tries to get his his treatment FDA approved and they won't approve him. Yeah. So he keeps going, keeps going to court, keeps going to court, keeps going to court. And they basically, judges just keep basically ignoring like the FDA because they're like, you don't really have a case here, but they just hope that he runs out of money. And there's a lot of people who are terminally ill that should have been dead and were alive because of him and were picketing for him and, and giving him money. And if it wasn't for the support of people that he, he saved, yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't have survived the, the, all the lawsuit or all the. Yeah, I mean, hearings. I mean, it's just it is there. I don't know why people don't uh, uh, stand up for these guys more. We see it happen all the time. I had a discussion the other day about how um, I was on a radio show, my friend's radio show, and I love them all very much. But every time they have me on, uh, they want to talk conspiracies. And then it becomes a giant shouting match because. They're telling me I'm crazy, and I'm telling them they have done no research, which is true. And I am crazy. I know that. But not the crazy they think. I, everything I talk about has been research, right? So one of my friends talks about how, like, guns, right? The reason that I don't think we should give up guns is because at some point, you know, we, we, the, the, the point of the, the um, Second Amendment is that in case you have to overthrow your government, right? Not saying we should. I'm just saying what's looking like in France is scaring people. We might want to look into that. Anyways, but hey, the point... Did you hear how many people got arrested? How many? 12,000. How the fuck do you arrest 12,000 people? Yeah. And like, how's that going to help? How's that going to help your situation? And that's, that's the whole thing. They were saying like, oh, dude, you know, you know, because my whole theory is that this country is very unique. The world economy runs on it. Our, our military is the stormtroopers of the world. Uh, and at some point... People will get really upset that their sons and daughters are dying for banker wars. And at that moment, people won't just want to sit back lightly. And that's when you might need guns. Like if that's the scenario, right? So uh, my friend goes, well, let me ask you something. Are you saying that at some point the U.S. military will turn on the population? I go, yeah, it's possible. They go, I've talked to a lot of military people. They won't ever do that. I go, what are you fucking nuts, dude? What are you nuts? How many times have they never heard of? Have they never heard of the business plot with Smedley Butler? I mean, they've attempted it. it. A bunch of people went to Smedley Butler, who was one of the, the highest ranked Marines of his time. He wrote the book War is a Racket after he retired. And, you know, basically a bunch of businessmen were trying to get him to, to turn on the government to and to, to basically do a American coup and to, to turn on the government. I mean, this is documented. They even investigated it. It's 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 pretty well known. So. A lot of people don't realize that that almost happened here. If if Smedley Butler had a change of heart, if he wasn't such an honorable person, it could have happened. I mean, it easily could have happened. Well, there's theories that, you know, 
the assassination of JFK was a coup for sure. That was a oh, coup. Was, yeah. uh, there's some people who believe Trump winning was a coup. Whether you believe that or not, I don't know. But you know that Hillary was the you know the establishment uh, candidate, and he beat her in a kind of uh, a silent coup. Which whether you want to believe that or not, I, I think he's doing a lot of stuff. You know, I, I root for him. I root for Trump to get shit done. You know, just like I rooted for Obama when I didn't trust him either because he's the president and you want to believe there's going to, there's some sort of, uh, you know, group like we all want to do well together. I don't know if that's real or not, but it's maybe it's wishful thinking, but I do want to believe that, you know, there's a sense of nationalism that we want our country to do well. So that's why I, I, I root for Trump. But we have seen where, where authority has turned on the population. I mean, look at North Dakota. Like two years ago, with with the with the people with uh, the the, the uh, Standing Rock, the Standing Rock, they went, dude. They were running police drills on them. They were sending in different departments to practice cracking skulls. It's happened before. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, whenever there's a riot, you see you, when there's when there's a a riot well, for whatever reason. There's a riot. There's been riots for good reasons, riots for bad reasons. You know. What what happens? You know the the police come in, they start cracking everybody's skulls. It's just well, how I, I I just don't think the president has that much power. I mean, when you look at like the, uh, the Carlisle Group, when you look at uh, just so many, I mean, lobbyists. I've had another guest. I've had Jack Abramoff on, who uh, you know was uh, the focus of, of the documentary Casino Jack, and also the HBO movie called Casino Jack with uh, Kevin Spacey, and it's. He'll tell you. I mean, it, lobbyists write what's in these bills. Most of the time, politicians don't even read the bill. They just lobbyists will come to them and say, "Hey, we need this language in the bill," and that and they do it, and that's it. And you know, um, another guest I've had on the show, uh, uh, Brian, what's her name? Uh, a congressional, the Congressional Dish podcast. Uh, oh, her last name is Brimey. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, I, I mean, she talks about it all the time. If you look at the way the politicians vote and then look at who gives them money, it's easy to see the, you know, the link, like they obviously vote a certain way specifically because of who's giving them the money. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a Republican Democrat, none of that stuff means anything. So, I mean, this idea of, you know, and I, I know the last uh, swap cast we did with uh, Pat Militich, some of the comments I was getting was like, you know, I think people could see that Pat was a little bit favorable of Trump and people were getting a little upset about that, but you know, I, I get it. I mean, I just, I worry that, People think that this person's going to go into power and then they're going to change things and and they're going to be the, you know, that white knight. And it's just I don't I don't believe it. You know, I, I don't I don't believe it because you look at like the TPP, like Trump talked about. And you look at a lot of the stuff that he talked about or military spending. I mean, you can find old tweets of him talking about what are we doing in Syria or what do we do? And, you know, he he's ramped up military spending, you know, yeah. and, and just like all the other presidents. Yeah. And I just you know, I, I don't know if maybe they're good people and they and they're, they have the country's best interests in mind prior to becoming the president. And once they become president, it's like the Bill Hicks joke, you know, they show them some angle of the JFK assassination and, and then they scare the shit out of the president and they just want to stay alive. So they go along. But at the end of the day, you look at like the CIA and you look at the military, these guys, I mean, you look at PNAC, right? I'm obviously, you know, PNAC, uh, they, they have these plans, you know, you look at 
Brzezinski's book, The Grand Chessboard. I mean, they have these plans. It's a it's a much greater plan. And no president who's in office for a minimum of four years, the maximum of eight years, is going to change the plan. You know, like the people who are really pulling the strings, the people who are going to have, uh, you know, a lot of influence. You look at Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger worked with Republicans and Democrats. He was having influence of foreign policy all over the world. And there's a great book, um, you know, Trials of Henry Kissinger by uh, uh What's his name? Uh, the the atheist, a real famous British a- atheist who passed away. Uh, well, he'll come to me there, during this conversation. Hitchens, fire, exactly. Fire, yeah. Yes. yeah, and Christopher yeah, Hitchens. And, yes, he had a great book, and it showed like his policy, and it's just like everything that was sold to the public afterwards. You know, you look at after it happened, you'd be like, oh shit, this is really why he did this, or this is really why they didn't get involved in this conflict, but they did get involved in that conflict. It's like, it's always bullshit. And the thing is, unfortunately, when history is happening, a lot of times we don't, you know, the journalists and stuff like that, they, they you're not figuring out exactly what the strategy is or what the plan is. Because they're not journalists, dude. They're just sellouts. Yeah. There's just yeah, like, I don't know true. if the media was ever uh, what we thought they were, where they had this integrity, maybe, at some point they were, I don't know, but that's gone. That is gone. It's pro wrestling in the, uh, in the mainstream media. You see like that picture of, um, uh, what's the, the black gay guy from CNN, Don Lemon and, uh, Sean Hannity. Like, you know, they fucked later that night. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they act like they hate each other. It's, it's just, they're just doing anything for a dollar. Where is Rachel Meadow going to make $8 million a year? Where else? Where else? She's never going to make that. She's never going to make a reserve forward in the NBA money. Unless she just reads off a teleprompter and spews the bullshit she's saying. And Fox has been spewing bullshit since, since uh, Iraq. And, and weapons of mass destruction. I mean, like, dude. I mean, they've been lying way before that as well. But I'm just saying, Fox News has been lying forever, too. It's, you yeah, know, and they, CNN... They're all, I mean, CNN had, uh, I, or was it MSNBC who had uh, Phil Donahue on on, the, on there? It was like the top rated show at the time. And he was speaking out against the Iraq war. And yeah, it was MSNBC because I remember it was a liberal, uh, a supposedly liberal channel. And he had the top rated show on MSNBC. And because he wouldn't stop talking or speaking out about the Iraq war, they pulled the show. I mean, it, why? Because they're all linked to the military industrial complex. They're so owned it, by people who make money gee, off of war. Yeah. They are literally the the news channels are owned by the people they should be questioning. It's it, and dude, the reason that they have to go after Russian collusion with Trump is because all the other stuff they can go after. I mean, the real shit, the real yeah. shit. Okay, you know, here's what I'm gonna say about Trump. You know, part of me thinks he's actually a nice guy because he didn't kill Stormy Daniels. Because guess what? The Kennedys would and the fucking Clintons would. All right? That's what they did. And the Bushes. And the Bushes. Don't forget about them. Well, I mean, they didn't really kill chicks. I don't know. Maybe the Bushes were weird. I never heard them killing somebody that they were hooking up with. But the Kennedys, yeah, totally. And the Clintons, people died (laughs) left and right with them. I don't know if they, I don't know if he, yeah, they killed their, who is it? His nanny he killed. Like some chick that it was his nanny he killed off, allegedly. You know, yeah. Trump Trump pays them off. That's a lot nicer. You know, so I'm going to give him that. You can say whatever you want. He doesn't kill his fucking hookers. All right? Yay. Yay, Trump. Um, <laughs> but outside that, they, 
If they went after him on anything he really wanted to go after, then they would be basically calling out their bosses. So they have to make Russian collusion because it's the only thing that they can go off on. They can't call them out on war because their bosses, the people who sign their checks, make money off of war. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what they have the public arguing about. One thing that continues happening is just wars. The wars continue happening. We keep spending money on wars. And it's like, it doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat. We keep spending money on drones. We keep, I mean, obviously everything got amped up uh, with the drone attacks with, uh, with Obama when he was in the office and he was supposed to be, you know, this lefty liberal. And it's just, I, I just feel like they, they do a great job of getting us, to, uh, getting us to do all this infighting while they don't really give a shit. You know, it's like that old uh, movie network, you know, it's like there, there is no, you know, uh, no left, no right. It's, there's only DuPont and all these corporations, and they're the ones who are pulling the strings. They don't care about ideologies. They don't care about religion. I mean, when people talk about Muslims, it drives me fucking crazy because I'm like, we do business with the Saudis. We've been doing, I mean, which is, you know, they have Sharia law. They're the most extreme of, of all, you know, uh, Muslim religious religious countries, and yet we're completely okay with that. We, like, we poo-poo that, like, it's no big deal, but then we act like, oh, you know, these other countries, all these terrorists, yeah, these terrorists are, first of all, these terrorists, if you look at why, it's no different than what, you know, we were, I think we, we might eventually end up talking about with um, a lot of these antidepressants and stuff like that. Like, why is somebody depressed? Why is somebody uh, willing to blow themselves up? Well, you have to get to the root cause, cause of the issue. You can't just look at the surface. You, Dude, in the root listen cause- to me, man. We, like, people can say, what you hear about Russia, hear about, like, people in the Middle East, you know? It's like, dude, okay, they're homophobic. We're, That's we're not cool. Yeah, we're bombing the fuck out of it. We're bombing them so much, we ran out of bombs. We ran out of bombs. They didn't have any more bombs. Well, why do you think well, why do you think these terrorist attacks are happening in places that are involved in the Middle East? It happens in France, uh, it happens in England, it happens be, in the U.S. Because the governments pay for them. Like, dude, they literally are, are false flat. I mean, like, that's what Benghazi is really about. Benghazi isn't about emails. Well, they were using it for, for weapons. Yeah. Yeah. They are using it to, to, to traffic weapons. That dude yeah. knew that we were not only funding them, but we were training them and arming ISIS. He was a loose end. And they offed him. But, That's what's but really it's funny about. how every, everybody plays along, because even when the Republicans were trying to use Benghazi to make Hillary look bad, they wouldn't cross that line. It's like they all play along, because it's like they could have said... Hillary was, you know, knowingly using it to the funnel weapons and and training, uh, you know, t- rebels, which are also terrorists uh, in there. But they didn't go, they wouldn't draw they wouldn't cross that line. It's like you, I saw some of the hearings and you'd see them, you know, talk the Republicans go on CNN and Fox News and and talk about Benghazi. And, oh, it was a giant mess and Hillary should get the blame for it. But no, none of them would mention that. The reason why they didn't have more security was because it was a black op spot is, you know, it, that's why they didn't have more security, you know, so. And uh, and they know it and they all play along. It's like they'll expose each other to a certain point. But it's like they know they can't completely pull back the curtain because then it ruins the whole system that they're all for sure, dude, for sure. And you know what, man? It's just like when you uh, when you have the cash, like, dude, the truth is most people go to Washington, D.C., are a little crazy, but they I think they do have a little bit of idealism in them. But. Uh, except for the trust fund kids, they're all scumbags and they just want to rape and pillage. But uh, I think, <laughs> I do think people go there with an idea to make change. And then they just see 
how deep the corruption goes and they're getting thrown life-changing money. I mean, but Obama, when he started president, he's worth what? $200,000. Now he's worth what? $200 million. How's that happen? They don't even make that much money, don't they? They just say it's like Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's a, it's a it's just a prestige thing. It's not really important. I mean, like it's important that everybody kisses your ass and you set your family and generations after you up to live the high life for the rest of your life. But it's just Sarah, it's it's all this facade they have to keep going. They can't let the facade go until the very last second. And I don't know when that is, when either the robots take over or they just abandon the United States and just fully go into China. Whenever that is, they have to keep the facade going. Yo, business insider, the Obamas are worth 30 times more than they were when they entered the White House in twenty and 2008. Dude, it's so... And everybody <laughs> thinks that guy was like better times. Better times. It's like he got us a, a, a fucking health uh, provider system that's super expensive. And then if you didn't do it, you got fined $300. I mean, you could say, well, we, do, go on. No, I was going to say, they do the same thing with the Clintons, with Bush, with his passing away. It's, it's, it's almost like, I mean, it's like when you're dating, right? When you're, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you only focus on all the bad. And then once you break up, you only remember all the good things. And it's like, that's how it is with these presidents. It's like, everybody only remembers the good things about Reagan and Bush and Clinton. And it's like, none of the bad. Yeah. I mean, they're just pieces of shit, man. All of them. And anybody in that position to expect to have some moral high ground, they don't get the run. If they're going to give any interference to the mechanism that's going. And uh, which brings us to our topic. Uh, someone who has <laughs> completely and utterly corrupted the whole system, which is big pharmaceuticals. Uh, big Farm, the uh, pharmaceutical industry, is the most gangster of all gangsters. They, you know, I mean, we just did something on CIA. They're pretty gangster. But Big Pharmaceutical, man, they don't fuck around. They're the mafia. Yeah. Dude, they listen, man. You always hear like shitty comics, like just talking about how awful white people are, and particularly white guys. Like white people aren't more evil; they're just better at it. They're just better at it. They know how to game the system. They they're drug dealers. They just don't do it on corners. They do it at CVS's and and Walgreens. It's just they're better at playing the fucking game, dude. That's all it is. Couldn't yeah. say it better. Well, the, you know. Well, the. The, well, the crazy thing about uh, Big Pharma is that what a lot of people don't realize is that the name that you always hear in conspiracies, the Rockefellers and the Carnegies are actually linked to Big Pharma also. Uh, I mean, some people don't know about the Flexer Report. It was kind of the changing of, of the tide of, you know, prior to the Flexer Report, you you looked at a lot of holistic doctors as doctors. They looked at like things like root extracts and and teas and, and you know, using uh, uh, vitamins and minerals to, to cure things things or treat things was something that was kind of accepted. And then after the Flexer report, which was um, Abraham Flexer, who, who worked, what, he was funded by the Carnegie uh, and the, the Rockefeller Foundation to to basically rate all the universities in the U.S. And then what happened was that they gave rate good ratings to everybody who was focused on, on you know, chemicals and pharmaceutical drugs and not the holistic doctors. And little by little, they just started giving more money to those universities and the other universities, I think the, the, the statistic is like 50 percent of uh, of universities went out of business because they couldn't compete with all the funding that the other ones were getting because they were having, the you know, all the best studies and all the best professors and all the stuff because they're having all this extra money. And it kind of 
spawned out, you know, it, it filtered out the, the holistic uh, approach. And now, you know, you, you talk about holistic medicine and a lot of people look at you like you're crazy, like it's it's pseudoscience. But it's like, how do you think we made it this far? You know, and it's funny because if you take if you take a pharmaceutical drug, uh, we call if you have a rash or death or suicide or whatever, these things are called side effects. But if anything else gave you the same symptoms, they'd be called symptoms. But it's okay. It's like if you get that shit from a pharmaceutical drug, it's like, oh, it's a side effect. It's no big deal. It's just a side effect. Dude, and we give you another drug for that. I heard yep. this ad the other day, and I, I don't know what it cured, but it was one of those things. And it was literally the um, disclaimer took up more of the ad time than what they said saved, what, what cured you. And literally, dude, it was like, it was like, okay, side effects could be diarrhea really bad these are their like almost exact words i'm paraphrasing but this is pretty much what they said diarrhea really bad diarrhea and death definitely could cause death why is so bad that you would take a pill that could cause you to die from explosive explosive diarrhea like why would you what is so bad that you're like okay this is bad but if i take this pill i could die but that's not as bad as this. It's like it's insanity. It's fucking stupid. It's insanity. Yeah. It's well, like, the thing is. Oh, sorry. Go on, go on. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like uh, IG Farben, Farben is another name that comes up. That uh, you know, they're a German company uh, that came up with a bunch of chemicals during the Holocaust, you know, gases and stuff like that. And they use slave labor to, for a lot of their their research and stuff like that. And they end up turning into Bayer and BASF and all these. Uh, better known companies now and if you look at their history i mean they were creating chemicals that were killing people and they're using slave labor and and uh so it's just it's when you look at the history of a lot of these and then obviously the rockefellers i mean uh the you know i forget what uh, david rockefeller's uh, father's name was but he was the one who was selling snake uh oil as a cancer treatment you know so he literally was selling bullshit he was selling uh he was a snake salesman trust uh, fund kids dude i'm telling you man they they just have no problem with being completely hypocritical. Um, it, it, I mean, dude, I was going to say, go on. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but sorry. Don't don't worry, uh, dude. I interrupt everybody. It, it's all good. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever looked into like all the holistic doctors that went missing and had mysterious deaths and stuff like that? Yeah, like go over like what four years or five years or like seventy seven or eighty or I've I've seen numbers anywhere from like ten fifteen to like seventy. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. There's actually one called uh, Dr. Mitchell uh, Gaynor, who was actually scheduled to be on my show. And the day before he was supposed to be on, I just sent him a friendly reminder to see if he was still on. I didn't hear from him until the next day. And his secretary wrote me, told me that, um, you know, she was, I forget how she worded it, but told me that uh, something happened and, and uh, he unfortunately passed away. So he won't be doing the show. And then this was at the same time, all these uh, these alternative doctors were were disappearing and having these mysterious deaths. So that really hit home with me because I'm like, oh shit! Like, well, you know, wow, this guy. You get into this, dude. It's just like go to you. You don't. You think we're full of shit right now? Go talk to your doctor, the doctor who you think loves you. That would, that would. He's a family friend. He's part <laughs> of the family. Go ask that guy about holistic uh, medicine. Go ask. Well, him. they don't learn. I watch learn him. Anything about nutrition. They well, learn zero about nutrition. They, well, dude, it's also the the, the 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 business model is completely drug dealing. They push. Oh, 
They push drugs on you because they got to sell. They have quotas. They have all this stuff. And that's my whole thing. We're going to get into pharmaceuticals and all this stuff. But it's like when everybody goes, you know, oh, science, dude. You got to believe science, period. What do the results mean? You're like, well, who funded the experiments? You know, doctors are no different than anybody else. They want to make as much money as possible. They want to bang way out of their league, okay? And they just, it's just, they can be corrupted as well. Doctors, scientists, all these people. They can find out, they can find the results that the people paying for the research want. And that's why you should question everything. Oh, absolutely. And and now you have Bayer and Monsanto, that merge. And uh, our friend James Corbett has a great uh, short little documentary podcast called uh, Bayer and Monsanto, A Match Made in Hell. And I really recommend it. It goes into the history of Monsanto and Bayer and all the things they've done. Uh, You know, Bayer had this thing called Factory 8, which was uh, this tainted uh, with HIV, uh, a drug that uh, ended up being banned. I want to get into that. I want to get into that. I want to start a little early. I want to get into, um, uh, uh, you sent me some clips, some stuff. One of it's called Making a Killing, and it's the untold story of uh, psychotropic drugging. And it's I didn't even know this, but about 40 years ago, a group of the top psychologists got together and they uh, basically, the uh, top therapists got together and they basically came, tried to come up with a way to, to control human emotion, every level of it. Um, do you, can you enlighten us a little bit about that? that, that me, it's like when I heard this, my blood started boiling, dude. Started boiling. Well, they had well psychiatry. Well, it's like you know, it's like, uh, you know, psychology. The idea was you know to talk to people and try to get them to feel better in that in that manner. But eventually, they realized well, if these people can write prescriptions, we can make a whole lot of fucking money. So that's when they created the DSM, uh, the Diagnostic for uh, Statistic Manual, whatever whatever it is, and it's all about uh, the symptoms for that you would have for depression and anxiety and all this stuff. But none of it's scientific. It's all bullshit. It's all based on like I could lose a loved one and I could have all the same symptoms that somebody who they consider chronically depressed. And it's like, well, life, you have ups and you have downs. It doesn't mean I need a fucking pill for it, you know, and and it's it's one of those things where all these drugs, they only have to be better than the or equal to the placebo anyway. So things like exercise, diet, I mean, so many other things can factor into making you feel better and help improving your your mental uh you know just where you are mentally it, it's just it basically is it's based on nonsense and then they use the term chemical imbalance which they constantly use this term to make it sound scientific and sound like they know what they're talking about but if you talk to anybody who's ever been on antidepressants or anxiety pills uh, or anything like that there is no test to test which chemical is imbalanced how imbalanced it is so it's all just this made-up term so if i'm giving you a pill that is supposed to balance something out wouldn't it only make sense to know which chemical is imbalanced and how imbalanced it is. But they don't do that. You become a guinea pig where they give you this pill. And if this doesn't work, you take this one. And if that doesn't work, you take this one. And what most of these things do is they they basically don't actually improve anything. They just basically flatline everything. Where you, If you talk to people who've been on antidepressants, anti-anxieties, they have very little emotion. They seem like zombies. And you have lo- kind of lo- lower energy. And it's like, but isn't that what makes us human? Is the fact that we do have emotions. Dude, I, mean, that's, well, I talk about that in my act, about how everybody thinks you have to be happy all the time. 
And it's like, dude, that's not life. I, go watch the, the, you ever see pictures from the 1800s? Is anyone ever smiling in those fucking pictures? It's like, it's their birthday party. They're just miserable. And that is the, listen, man, you see a lot of this happening. And I've talked about this on past shows, and I'm going to say it now. Like, this whole, like, political correct culture, this new way of raising children by Dr. Spock, I believe is his name, right? This new way of raising kids has led to us raising children who become adults that aren't equipped to deal with real life. That this, these kids are on campus thinking they can tell everybody how to think and that they can uh, legislate feelings and that all bad things should go because they think it's bad. That and that, they, that their opinion matters on everything. Okay? That is a recipe for disaster. And what we see are these kids are going to the real world, entering the workforce. They can't hold jobs. They live with their parents forever. They, 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 and they're all getting on what? Drugs. And, and you know when it starts off? Can't fucking handle a two to zero fucking soccer game match. No, that's they, the whole that's thing. That's where it starts. You're all special. Yeah. Dude, you didn't lose. You lost. Failure is, is the admission to success. That's not my quote. Someone else, I don't remember who said it. That's not my quote. Failure is the admission, admission you have to pay for success. Okay? And that's why these kids, that's why everyone loves the ins- being an Instagram star. Boom, you put a couple pictures up. Now you got a billion. You can buy all your followers. It's bam, right to that. It's like they don't understand. So they think people care. I had a friend of mine talk about how his buddy had a nephew come out here. He's trying to help him. And within a, like six months, he'd been fired from five jobs because he thinks these people have been doing it for 30 years. Want to hear what this, not even an intern. He's like a hangout guy has to say. <laughs> it's like, dude, there's a reason you go through the process. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. But you know what, man? It's like specials today, right? It's oh, like these specials of like these 20-year-olds doing comedy. And the specials aren't good. I've known two people that were funny when they were 20 years old. Nick Swartzen and Pablo Francisco. Those are the only two. They came out of the womb with a tight 40 minutes. They're fucking funny. After that, everybody else, garbage. Maybe Taylor <laughs> Tomlinson. That's about it. She's the only, those three. That's it. It's so rare. And these kids keep getting these early and they're not good. They shouldn't take it. Well, dude, they're not. Who, if you say HBO offers yeah, you a special, you you're going to take it. But in the long run, it hurts you because that's everybody's first impression of you. And it never changes. And, you, and the thing about comedy is if you work hard, you get better. But now you have a permanent record of dog shit. A per- something that says this isn't good. So then your next one, if it's not knocked out, pop, done. Done. People are over it. There's too many options. But they give these kids it early, and they, they just can't handle it. They just can't handle this. And these kids are moving in to, like, a great example is, like, Chicago, man. I love the city of Chicago. They just sold out our show. I love it. But my interaction with female comics there have, has not been good. Both times, they expressed to me how, what they thought of my act. And these are people on my show. I'm the headliner. Um, for real? Yeah. No way. One was where, uh, one was where the they did a, a a comedy show open micers after the headliner. That's like the person on the bench telling Kobe, "Hey, you're doing it wrong, homie." Well, I mean, Smush Parker did talk a lot of shit, but where'd he go? 
But the point is, these girls have, they critique my act as sexist, racist, and all this other buzzwords, right? As they go on stage and bomb, and they bomb, and they bomb. They just don't, you're not young, you're too young. You don't understand life. Observations, you can't tell me to celebrate a fucking multicultural society if I can't talk about all the different cultures. You can't have it both ways. It's either we're all in or we're all, it's, it's just ridiculous. But because they've been told they're the greatest of all time, all the time, they think they can just talk to anybody how they want to. And that's not how life works. And they end up getting on pharmaceuticals, right? They end, everybody's on antidepressants now. Right, your special comes out, it doesn't do good. Now you're depressed. No, dude, I'm, I'm fine with it. No, no, like other people that, oh, yeah. that just started, that's how you get them back on fucking, on pills. Yeah, I mean, dude, you, you, special you, you tell them good? like, like especially women, when women get older, they're on way more anti-medication, anti-depression than men. Men are on pharmaceuticals earlier when they're trying to get us to sit in, in classes, Right. And then as you get older, women get out more on, on pharmaceuticals. And I, and I do. Because their looks start going no, on. No, 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 no. They, they get told very early. <laughs> I mean, everybody's looks. Everybody. Listen, if your whole thing is beauty, yeah, you're fucked. You're like a pro. You're like, you're like um, Tracy McGrady when he lost his athleticism. If you don't work on your other <laughs> skills in life, you're going to fucking be bad. So there are women who like. When I always hear women talk about this, they're always like, you know, and, you know, you don't understand as a woman, as you age older, you become less important to society. I go, no, you don't. You just become like everybody else. Meaning if you're going to go backstage at a rap concert, you got to be able to rap. I don't get backstage at a rap concert. Can't Nobody's just giving drink. me Can't tickets. even get a free drink, let alone go backstage. Nothing. But we, we sell them this bill of goods on, you know, uh, uh, everybody's a princess, you know, all this fucking... Man, listen, and everybody loves their daughters, and you want them to be super fucking happy, okay? But the expectations of love, like, you always say, like, guys expect, like, porn sex from women. Like, I really don't, dude. I just want to go pump, pump, dump, go to sleep, you know? That's not really what I'm looking for. But I feel like... Like women expect guys to be running through airports and with with roses, and like that's not real, man. That's not real. So we set them up to when they get in the real world, and it's like it's it, it's it fractures them, and that's what's happening to these kids right now in this political correctness. And there's no work for them except for in outrage. They make money in outrage, so it's like it's it's all a psyop by by the pharmaceutical companies who have their hands in everything. And the people who own the pharmaceutical companies own everything else. They own they own all the uh, arm the, the companies make it, the, all all the uh, arms, you know. They make all the weapons. They own the televisions. They own everything. Yeah, you know we're the only country that allows um, medical commercials. Yeah, I mean, like it's, we're one of the only ones that's not not supposed to be telling people, hey, you feel you feel this? Come take this. And it, it's amazing. It's, okay, go on. Us in New, uh, no, I was just gonna say it's us in New Zealand. I think New Zealand's the only other country that lets you advertise yeah which is it, it, insanity or advertise the kids they advertise yeah. the kids like that's no no anywhere else not in, not in america <laughs> because we are cool. bought and sold dude we are bought and sold and it's well, you look at it, so adhd add i mean they just they look for younger and you know trying to get younger younger customers you know it's 
they're just trying to you know they make, make up these things it's like what's what the fuck's adhd what's add an energetic kid like every kid is energetic because it's unnatural for us to sit at a desk for six hours a day that's unnatural i mean i'm sure you know the history of you know uh, um you know schools and how they wanted to make better factory workers they yeah. that's why there's a that's why there's a bell they're trying to create better because they knew it was unnatural for people to sit down in front of a machine and work all day so the way he, you you kind of get them used to that you condition them to it is start right at the school system get these kids to sit there so if my kid and i and i have you know i have two uh i have a boy and a girl and my boy he runs around like a fucking maniac all the time he's either sleeping or running around like i look at it i'm like i got a healthy little boy full of energy like if i bring him to a doctor and i complain about it you know, if I if I act like I just want to be a lazy parent, no offense, parents who are listening, but a lot of times that's the way I look at it. It's like it's much easier. And I know parents are like this, that, oh, well, he, he's much better behaved when he's on his meds. No, what, what he is, he's less of a handful because he doesn't run around and he's not bothering you and he's not. Throwing. So what you're doing is you're you're basically, you know, putting your kids on drugs to make your life easier. And, and this goes to a bigger problem because you know another guest i've had on my show which i'm sure you're familiar with is christopher ryan who has um wrote the book sex of don and he talks about his book civilized to death and it's and it's very true like we think we're progressing but what the fuck is progression right like we have more shit right we have more stuff but more we have more anxiety we have more depression we're we're more pilled up than ever why we're we're self-medicating because we're unhappy because what happens is this capitalistic world that we live in has convinced us that the route to happiness is buying more shit so you know, so these companies and, you know, I think last time you're on my show, uh, Sam, we briefly talked about Edward Bernays and and propaganda and and uh, uh, marketing and how they can market shit to you. So they dude, tell you that, like, dude, PR, PR is the most evil shit on the planet. It is literally it is it is um, it is uh, brainwashing. Uh, it is a war on your mind. It is Jedi Knight tricks. You're doing Jedi tricks on people to get them to buy in and th- think that something is uh, uh, n- they need it in their life. I mean, you are tr- you are you are basically lying to people to get them to want something that they really don't fucking want or buy into a politician that they really don't want, like the selling of uh, uh, H.W. Bush as being this amazing man. He wasn't, dude. He was a, he was a dark arts motherfucker. Well, they find tribes in, in the Amazon and people who are completely detached from other civilizations that have no signs of depression, no signs of anxiety, because they don't have TV and, and marketing telling you that your value is less if you don't have the new iPhone or if you don't have that car. If you don't. So what ends up happening is, you, and, and this similar to the pharmaceutical uh, industry, the way they try to get kids on pills at a young age. I mean, back in the day, they used to ask, you know, when our parents were growing up, they used to ask you, when you went to the doctor, like, Hey, are, are you on any pills or are you on any meds now today? They ask how many meds are you on? Which ones are you on? Cause everybody's on them. But, uh, but what they do is they try to get you addicted early. They, similar to the, uh, you know, to the banking industry where they try to get you in debt early. You know, they get, give kids credit cards, you know, when they're in college and they don't even have any liquid funds, they don't have any money, but here's a credit card that you can max out. Now you're in debt. And then what happens now you have to get a job. Or you go to college and you're in debt and now you have to get a job and you're stuck in that job because I have to pay off this debt. And then I buy shit to make up for the shitty job that I work that's unfulfilling. And then that creates more debt. And then that means I'm stuck in this job even longer. And it's just this vicious cycle of buying shit you don't need because you're trying to find some fulfillment. And then it keeps you in that job that's 
keeping you away from doing something fulfilling in the first place. So it's it's all just this vicious cycle. And and then it keeps us fighting and unhappy. So now we need pills and we need, you know, antidepressants and or we self-medicate with, you know, alcohol or whatever. Nothing against alcohol because I love whiskey. But um, it, it's it's just one of those things that it's just it, it it a lot of people are unhappy. And then the worst part is you get people, you know, I've had the amazing Jonathan on my show and uh, he talked about how, you know, his I think it was his father who uh, who worked at, uh, you know, a factory in Detroit for like ever and ever hated his job, complained about his job every fucking day. He finally retired. And then soon after he retired, he passed away. He was uh, he was unhappy at home. Like he thought that it was going to bring him happiness finally retiring. And then he was unhappy. Why? Because we cre- we created a system where you have to devote all your best years and all your best hours of the day when you're you're, you're the happiest and have the, the most energy to some job that, could, that just can, sucks it all out of you. And then you're with your family or friends when you don't have the energy and you're not in the best of moods and you're not, you know, so you end up having no time for hobbies, no time for, for anything. And then you retire and realize like, holy shit, like I, I worked this unfulfilling job my whole life. And, and I don't know anything else. That's all I know. Like I've devoted everything to this shitty job and, and I didn't, I didn't have time to pursue anything else. You look at kids, you know, and, uh, I think Hunter Motts, when he was on my show, he talked about this and, uh, I'm doing all these shameless plugs of people who've been on my show. Dude, that's why you're here, buddy. I want people to hear about your great podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you. But, uh, so Hunter Motts, when he was on and, and I'm sharing this cause I think this stuff is interesting. He talked about, we were talking about a similar uh, topic and, and he was saying how they ask kids at a really young age when they're in school, like, hey, how many of you are creative or it had something to do like how, how many of you think you're artistic or creative. And like every kid raises their hand when they're really little. And as you get older and older and they ask kids the same question, less kids raise their hands. And it's one of those things where our school system says stop being creative and just regurgitate these facts, these Dude, names and dates and one, stop critical thinking. Dude, I, let me tell you something. I realized that very young. That that school isn't like you don't you're not learning anything in school. What you're learning is patterns, the patterns of what the people who run everything want you to believe in. And the more you recognize those patterns, the more the more you succeed in school. And that's just the way it is. It's not that the, these people are infinitely smarter. They might understand patterns of grammar. Maybe like I look in this town, right? Like there's some great writers. They know the rules of grammar. But when you hear them talk about life, they are idiots. They have no clue how to interact with a human being. They have no common sense. And they just buy into this bullshit political system in which they are profiting the people they can't stand just to make a dollar. Just because, you know, this town, there's a difference between, let's say, uh, academically smart and, and being intelligent. And, and, and there's people who write the most amazing scripts. They're just idiots. They're just idiots. They just don't, uh, I, don't have any I clue was, what's really going on. I, I was in special ed growing up. I was one of those kids that at a really young age, they're like, hey, you know, be, you're not book smart. So that means, uh, you know, you're you're an idiot. It's like, no, it's, it wasn't that I wasn't book smart. It's like you're making that stuff boring and not interesting. And now I love history. I've had Dan Carlin on. I've had you know, so many other uh, historians on and I, I love history, but I hated history in school because they made it boring. It's all, it was all about memorizing this name, this date, propaganda. This, you know, it's all propaganda. propaganda. It was, it, and they didn't tell you any juicy shit. They didn't tell you anything uh, about, you know, the real shit that happened. And, and, you know, everything about we didn't have to drop the, the bomb uh, on, on Japan about the fact that Hitler actually 
might have made it to Argentina and didn't die um, in in Germany. Exactly. Exactly. When I was in high school, I was so excited for World War II. I was like, oh, here we go. They're going to fucking maybe show some cool videos. Not that I want to see that shit, but you know, you fucking, you're like, a big part of history. I want to watch a cool fucking documentary. Nope. It's read the books when Hitler died, when nothing like. They didn't like he said. They, they didn't bring up that he might be in Argentina. They didn't bring up. He I mean, died they in said Argentina, be, dude. Yeah, they, they didn't say, bring up that he's a Rothschild. Nothing. You know, nothing. That, they didn't that, that half shit. the corporations in this country were working with him. Yep. None it's of all, that. It's all bullshit. I, didn't bring yeah. up that the biggest loss of life was twenty million Russians. More Russians died in World War II than any other demographic. Nobody talks about that. Nope. Nobody yeah, talks a, about when we went into Europe, we really didn't go into Europe. We went more along the lines of like around Europe. Or when we had the concentration camps after um, Pearl Harbor, we got all the Japanese. We all put them in concentration camps and we told them, we think you might well, know something. That d- was during it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, during it. Did they that. didn't talk about that. We didn't, yeah, they didn't. They they barely, yeah. Yeah, they only talk about the that other concentration camps. Yeah. Well, they don't well, even what they also don't tell you is that because the the Germans that they captured the the prisoners of war had to be treated better because of the fact that that international law that made them do it uh, that the the Japs that were that were here were actually treated worse and there were a lot of them were citizens and they were treated worse they didn't have to be given like a you know certain amount of food or or certain amount of heat or, or shelter or whatever because it wasn't under those rules where the prisoner of wars the the Germans that they captured that were actually you know, killing people, and uh, they actually treated them better. So we treated some of our own people worse than we did some of the uh, prisoners of war. Well, so you want to be nice to your future employees, you know what I'm saying? Like, half those Nazis just came and worked in the U.S. government, helped fund, help uh, NASA. establish NASA and the CIA. Yep. So, uh, I mean, like, yeah, you don't want, you know, who wants to treat their, their future co-workers shitty? You want to start off on a good <laughs> good foot, you know? Uh, especially when you look at Japan, like, we knew Japan was going to attack Pearl Harbor. They, we did nothing oh, yeah. because we wanted to be drawn into the war. Most U.S. citizens were non-interventionalists. They didn't want to get into it. So they had to be drawn into it. And that was the attack. And that's how it goes. And well, when that we sounds dr- like uh, 9-11? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Again? 100%, uh, again? Again? Every time. Every time. Every <laughs> war that we've been in has been started by some sort of dark arts false flag. So... And then we look at the dropping of the bomb and whether it was even a real atomic bomb because people moved right back in after it was dropped. Like, there are people who believe it was a firebomb that got dropped, that they didn't really drop a nuke on them. They dropped a giant firebomb, and that's why people were able to move back right into uh, Hiroshima right after. I mean, that thing would be... Un- you couldn't live there if there were- it was that... Uh, uh, toxic after a nuclear bomb got dropped on it. But what do I know? But we, they had already surrendered at that moment and we still dropped the bomb on them because we well, wanted his, to let Russia know we mean business. Yeah. Yeah. Most historians were saying that the, you know, people high up in the military was, they were saying that like they're going to surrender, just give them time, give them a little bit more time. You don't have to drop this bomb. But, but Truman, who had like little man syndrome, his, his brother was like a, a lead athlete and all this stuff. And Truman was like this little wuss. And uh, I think and a lot of it also the Manhattan Project. Right. So they, they spent all this money researching and developing. They had to find a reason to, to use it, to justify it, because they want to see what they had on their hands. And they wanted to send a sign uh, to the Soviets later because they knew that eventually they were going to be the next in line. You know, once once this uh, this war with Germany was over, 
they're going to be the next world power that they're going to have to, you know, kind of keep in check. So they want to send a, a sign to the uh, Soviets that, hey, you know, we're willing to drop this bomb and look at the damage we can do. Or you can so go into the fact that there's a good chance that uh, most of these international bankers who funded both sides of these wars and every single war since uh, Prescott Bush were uh, Kazarians, Kazaria yeah. Mafia, uh, and they've always had problems well, with well, Russia. Prescott Bush, always, right? Always. Yeah. Prescott Prescott Bush, he got charged with the, the trading with the enemy enemy act at the Union Bank. And, you know, he was he was giving money to the Nazis, too. You know, but nobody talks about that. Again, we another part of history that nobody talks about. And then you look at Truman. Truman was such, you know, I remember watching um, Oliver Stone's The Untold uh, History of the it, United States. Right. Is that what it's called? Whatever yep, it was yep. is great. It is. But it's basically, yeah. basically, Truman was Hillary Clinton at that time that the bankers installed him. In when Bernie Sanders, everybody wanted Bernie Sanders. The 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 dark arts people got Truman in, uh, and they got the other guy that 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 should have been the guy. They got Truman in, and uh, it's the same people over and over again. It's just the same people over and over again, and all they do is they just have they've created the system where we basically fund the biggest military in the world, and we just bomb the fuck out of everybody who don't play ball with us. And which oh. brings us into, like, back to pharmaceuticals. What are we doing <laughs> in Afghanistan? Poppy. Poppies, man. Fucking poppies. Okay, let's even go before poppies. Let's take a look at, um, oh, I want to get back to my, my thing. I want to get back to, um, let's, we're going to get into poppies. We're going to get into Monsanto's and Ancient Orange and all that shit. Just give me a moment. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, CDC whistleblower. That's a very yeah, interesting I, thing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this this is a really interesting story because uh, one, it's a super controversial issue because you know how vaccines is one of those uh, topics that people just love to get worked up about. And uh, but yeah, there's this uh, this doctor, the scientist, or well, this scientist, Doctor Brian Hooker, who he uh, he had a child who was injured by, well, he was he assumed was might have been injured by vaccines, so he ended up contacting the CDC trying to get a bunch of uh, just, I guess, research and studies and seeing like, how much research is there on these vaccines that uh, are given to my uh, child? And then he ended up connecting with uh, this guy, uh, Dr. William Thompson. And what Dr. William Thompson did know that uh, Brian Hooker, Dr. Brian Hooker was actually recording their conversations. And William Thompson gave him a bunch of paperwork and basically had a bunch of guilt that built up and shared with him that he was not just a part of a study, but one of the authors of the of a study that showed a link between the MMR vaccine and autistic symptoms, and he felt guilty about this. So he was sharing this information with them, sharing this uh, this paperwork that was never supposed to go public, and uh, having these conversations that were never supposed to go public. And then, obviously, Dr. Brian Hooker ended up eventually going public with this, and and um, Obama, I think, granted uh, Dr. Thompson immunity, could you know, so he didn't have to talk to anybody. And uh, and literally, there was a, a suppressed study by the CDC showing that there's a, a direct link between uh, children who got the MMR vaccine and and autistic symptoms. And this is something that you know people. And then you had um, I had Del Bigtree, who uh, who was the filmmaker of the movie Vaxed, which I really recommend. It's not an anti-vax m- movie. It's more about 
this story, this specific story. So, which is good for people who, I mean, the other thing they don't tell you too, like they told you that the Mirasol was, was safe too until uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, finally pushed and pushed and wrote the book and, and published the studies to prove that the Mirasol was a mercury preservative that was super, you know, toxic and, and, and shouldn't be given uh, to humans and the amount that they were giving uh, was an uh, unhealthy amount that could really be harmful. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like, yeah. how do these scientists do this? How do they do this, dude? And, you know, you got this whistleblower coming out, and it's just like his life goes to shit, you know, because he's just trying to be honest. Just think about that, man. There were people who knew that they were going to harm children and didn't do anything about it. Well, that's what William Thompson said. He said that he had, uh, and I think you, you can hear it in one of the conversations. If you just look up like CDC whistleblower on YouTube, you can hear some of the recorded conversations or if you watch the documentary. And he talked about like how guilty he felt when he would see parents who had kids with autistic symptoms, knowing that that maybe it wasn't, but there is a, a potential that it, it was linked to the MMR vaccine. And Mike, I have two kids. I'm not ashamed to say they've neither of them have been vaccinated. When uh, actually this story was first started getting popular or first started becoming public when uh, Eddie Bravo was on my show a couple years ago. And we talked about this because his, you know, uh, he hasn't vaccinated either. And uh, and he was like stunned. He's like, wait, there's a real CD, you know, and I'm like, yeah, finally, there's some real fucking evidence that we're not all kooks just saying this. And my pediatrician scared the shit out of my wife and tried to scare the shit out of me. But I'm, I'm, I'm too informed about the topic to uh to, to convince me that like, oh, if your kids don't get vaccinated, this is going to happen and this could happen. This, I mean, my, my son's going to turn four. He's never been sick. My uh, my daughter's going to be three. She's never been sick. Like the most they've been sick is a, like a runny nose. And I have uh, friends of mine with uh, kids around our age, always sick, always. And they got all their recommended vaccines and all that stuff. And according to my pediatrician, my kids are in all this danger. Well, guess what? Like we go to the park. Well, I, I go I'm constantly leaving the house with them, going places with them. They, they get germs all the time and they're completely fine. If you think about it, right, just logically. OK, so obviously I'm not a doctor and, and, and whatnot, but just think of it logically. If you go to a hospital, they want you to wash your hands before you touch a newborn. Right. Why? Because of germs and they have a very they could have a very sensitive immune system, a weak immune system. But it's completely OK to shoot a virus directly into their bloodstream. So, just think of that logically. That's fucking crazy it just it's so insane that 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 that, that it you upsets just, me just listening it, to that you know and it's just like that's why i say you dude don't trust anybody don't trust me man you know i'm just a, like a dick joke comic trying to understand what's going on in the world question everything dude and question doctors question scientists question your politicians and dude when you realize that reagan cut a deal with big pharmaceuticals to basically uh, immune them from any lawsuits from any uh, effects of these uh these uh, shots i mean yeah, like the, dude the, it's the, disgusting the vaccine court actually jim florentine was just on my show and we're i, I was actually surprised i wasn't surprised because i heard him on your show talk about it and i was surprised by how well informed he was when he was on your show about uh about vaccines and, and stuff like that. And and yeah, what he said was completely true. They, they created a, a vaccine court. So that way, basically, if you sue, a, a, you know, you sue for injury, then the taxpayer ends up paying for it. We end up paying for it in the back. And the idea is from the perspective of the government or the perspective of the vaccine company is that, well, if we get sued, then we might maybe it might prevent us from uh, 
developing vaccines or giving vaccines and that that's bad so this way you put all the pressure on the taxpayer but the thing is what they don't tell you is there's plenty of people who have gotten money from this vaccine corps so what does that tell you that means that there's injuries that have been proven to be directly linked to vaccines the bottom line is that like i could give a billion kids peanuts maybe most of them nothing will happen but there is going to be one or two that are allergic to peanuts and i'm going to end up killing because of it okay so when you're giving kids vaccines there's no test to see how strong their immune system is if they can have any allergic reaction to it or whatnot and they just directly do it and then mmr vaccine is three viruses so we're in the natural yeah. world do you do you normally get exposed to three viruses Dude, in hep your bloodstream is, at the exact same time hep b is like a cocaine and drug fuck it cocaine and sex like disease what, what where's this kid gonna be doing coke and getting late <laughs> it's just it's not real i mean like dude it's not i mean you look at how many like i'm older than everybody here but i mean like you look when i was a kid there's maybe three shots now it's like an insane number of fucking of things they're putting into your kids well, well what they, vaccines well, this, is thing, this, this is the thing that drives me nuts about about this stuff is that we can all talk about big pharma, right? And we all agree that they're evil and they don't care about the best interests of the people. I mean, there's people in suits and ties who look at quarterly gains and they want to know how to make money. And they spend a bunch of money on developing something and they're going to put it out. Even if they know it's unsafe, they have to do their own studies. That's the other thing. They do their own studies, okay? So the the people that they're working for who are doing the studies for them, are they have a direct business relationship, which means that they're going to give them the studies and the results they want. And then... You know, so the FDA actually doesn't do their own studies. They, they have to take these studies from from the pharmaceutical companies and just assume that these are, you know, right down the middle studies, which is complete bullshit. And then and then you look at how many drugs. And I, this is the other thing. If the FDA were, why would there be any drugs like uh, Yaz and, and, and these other drugs that are put on the market and a year later get taken off the market because they're getting sued by all these people that are dying and having all these negative effects on it. Like what, how hard of a process is it to get approved if you can put it on the market and soon after they take it off the market? You, I mean, you guys have seen it, right? The attorneys on late night TV saying, do you have a a friend or a family member who died by this drug? Well, why the (laughs) fuck was that drug FDA approved? Like how, well, I mean, and this gets in another thing that the FDA and big pharmaceutical, they're basically just a revolving door. We're like, as soon as you leave there, you go work in the private sector. Wait up. So you said uh, you get three vaccinations. Like, what do you get? Three? Like, okay, well, now it's uh, by the age of five, you are scheduled to have 23. Oh, yeah, so And by the more. age of 18, 54. So yeah. If you go by schedule, it's by what way too much. 54 shots, 54. It's way too much. Viruses. 54 viruses. It's yeah, way and, too and, much. And it's just, it's insanity. I mean, it, it, but it's one of those things where, again, like, for some reason, I will have a conversation with somebody about big pharma and they'll be completely on board. You talk about, you know, uh, off label use, for example. Here's another thing. You get FDA approved, right, for uh, for a drug. So it means it's it's approved for this use. And then they can once it's FDA approved, they can't not approve it. So they can basically write prescriptions for that drug for other reasons that have nothing to do with with that. It's like, well, this kind of works for that, too. So let me write prescriptions for this. So you can basically uh, write prescriptions for multiple things that it was never approved for and it's completely legal you know think about that that's that's insane like it wasn't studied or tested for this purpose and now you can write it for you know for other reasons because it already went through the approval process it's unbelievable dude it's it's so it's such like it's like drugs are well, they do this trafficking they, they do 
That's they the do the same thing. They have these things called orphan drugs, and uh, and basically it's it's uh, subsidies for for pharmaceutical companies to, to to make prescription drugs for or to look into and, and study and develop uh, di- for diseases that aren't so common or only affect a uh, small portion of the population. So the government will actually give them money to be to give them a a profit motive to look into you know fighting a certain disease or whatever that only affects a small portion of the population. Well, so we subsidize, you know, their development and research into that drug. And then once it gets FDA approved, they'll do the same thing. They'll, they'll, they'll write it for other reasons. So they'll, it'll be off, off label use. So what ends up happening is we end up paying for this, this drug company to develop a, a drug for a specific disease and then once they get approval that we subsidize, they'll be like, well, now we can also write it for this and we can write it for that and we can make more money off it. You know, so it's it's insane. I mean, what was it? Viagra was uh, originally a, a blood pressure uh, drug. And then they're like, oh, this shit gives you boners, too. So uh, how about we start <laughs> marketing it for that? You know, it's ecstasy, it's, dude. Ecstasy was meant to be uh, antidepressant. And then they just realized you may. You just get really high and rub your nipples a lot. So they said, let's sell it as a, <laughs> as a party drug, you know? Uh, do they... Well, they, that's... Well, yeah, well, go on. I was going to say, I, I, Terrence McKenna, or uh, his brother Dennis McKenna has also been on the show, and he's huge into natural uh, remedies and, and, and all this stuff. And we had a long conversation about, you know, MDMA, you know, ecstasy and all that stuff, and, and all the medical benefits of all these uh, these things that we call street drugs, you know? And... Uh, and, and, you know, everything from marijuana to ecstasy to all that stuff. And, and there's no research in that stuff. And and all these things could be great alternatives. But because there's so much money in something you can patent, uh, there, there's all these. I mean, because I think ecstasy has like a huge uh, a, a benefit. Did we lose in, him? In, no, I'm still here. Okay, I yeah. can't hear him. Yeah. Can, can you hear me? I'm not kicking anything, dude. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, boom. Can you hear me now? I didn't kick nothing, dude. I didn't kick nothing. You can hear me? Yeah, now we can hear yeah, you. We're good. Yeah. Um, well, I was, yeah, I was just saying, how, like, MDMA has a tons of positive effects on uh, people with PTSD, you know, uh, veterans who come back. And, and there's all this great research. You know, you have uh, MAPS that looks into it. Uh, what is it? Uh, Rick, uh, I forget what his last name is for maps who looks into, uh, basically plant medicines and, and, uh, De- uh, Ter- uh, Dennis McKenna, he looks into it. He has a, a group, I forget what the, uh, the group is that looks into it and there's all these benefits, but because you can't patent it, then there's, you know, there's nobody yeah. really investing in it. And then curing stuff is like, not like on the agenda. Why? have a patient for one time when you have a patient for fucking life. And it's true. And that's the next thing I want to bring up. Uh, where did AIDS come from? Where did AIDS come from? What's your thoughts on that, Ricky? Well, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely sure where, where AIDS came from, but there is uh, a lot of uh, conspiracies that revolve around that. Do you, do you subscribe to any of them? Sam, do you believe? Yeah, I know Jim Florentine. Yeah, 100, 100%. 100%. 100%. What's your theory on it? Uh, they wanted to create a, a, a bioweapon that had no cure, and they wanted to use it to um, basically lower the um, the population. They wanted to use it as population control. And, you know, they 
That's why they put it in certain places. And there's actually a flyer you can see where um, they were giving out hep, hep B shots. The government was giving out hep B shots in, in uh, San Francisco and New York. And that's basically where the epidemic happened. And there's a guy, where is he? I won't find what his name is. Uh, the professor, um, the guy who basically created the drug, uh, created AIDS. What's his name? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting too. I, I know what you're talking about. He was uh, he was at the facility um, where yeah, where he was messing around with it, and and supposedly there were mess. Uh, you know, people who worked there said he didn't experiment with monkeys or whatnot. But of course, I mean, you're taking the word of uh, of people who worked there. But yeah, there's some. Uh, yeah, I forget what the fuck his name is. It's fine, Doctor Robert G- Gallo. Was it that Gallo? Guy? There Gallo. you go. Boom. Gallo, yeah, yeah. The guy basically. You know, I mean, you saw in uh, you saw in Behold the Pale Horse, and you saw in uh, these documents that the government doesn't want you to see that uh, uh, Jesse Ventura put out that basically they wanted a drug you couldn't cure, and they got it, and it's it was AIDS, and like, I mean, how long are we into AIDS now? Three decades now, and now they got something that makes it undetectable. Dude, you didn't even got to tell people you have it in California. Well, because yeah, because now people don't uh, because we could be seeing it end in the sense that uh, these guys, if they're on their medication, they're undetectable, meaning they can go get to, and it'll say they don't have it, and that eventually that that group will will die off. And these kids are on on this new thing, you know, uh, what's it called? Prep, prep something. You'll see ads for it once in a while on TV, yeah. and it's just like it's some weird shit and. When I'm, would you trust? Would you trust the pill? If there was a fine bitch and she said, "I got AIDS," here's the pill. Let's go down. No, you're not trusting that pill. <laughs> yeah, mean, I'm dude, not trusting that fucking pill. There's like one playmate that got HIV. That's about it. And it just ba- like I go to a, I go to a lot of group uh, a lot of uh, meetings and one meeting's just me and gay guys and they all have HIV and they all shot up. They all shot up. It's like it's like a really delicate delicate disease. It's very hard to get. Because if it hits air, it dies. So how do you get it? You take it in the ass, and you, or you shoot you shoot with dirty needles. That must be a tight asshole if there's no air in there. Yeah, I mean, well, you're just like it's you're going right in there, and it, yeah. like there's blood. This fucking guy. <laughs> you know, a one hundred percent. The notion that somebody got bit by a monkey and got AIDS, and then it got everywhere. No, dude. Like you were listening to that interview that guy did. He's like he he kind of uh, just like jumped him at a at a press conference or at some convention he's like you took cat polio virus and messed with squirrel hep, hepatitis and that's how they got it they were just like throwing all these different viruses together to see if they could get something that they couldn't kill off and they, that's well, that reminds that that's kind of like the Lyme disease story right from plum island uh right off the coast of a uh, of Lyme, connecticut that's where they got the, the term Lyme disease and there was it basically a place where the CDC would do all these experimental uh, stuff with diseases and, and and experiment with viruses and all this stuff. It's called Plum Island. It's right off the coast of uh, of Lyme, Connecticut. And of course, where where does Lyme disease start popping up? Right there, at Lyme, Connecticut, right off the, uh, the the coast, right near this island. And uh, there's also some uh, you can see some picture of uh, some weird looking animal that they couldn't identify that was at, on like the coast of uh, Lyme, Connecticut. You can Google it and, and find it. And uh, they think it came from this facility where they're experimenting with viruses and all this weird shit. 
And uh, and you look at Lyme disease. I mean, Lyme disease is one of the creepiest fucking diseases out there. I mean, it it affects everything. We don't have any real way of understanding it or curing it. And uh, and it's going rampant up the East Coast. I mean, my mother had it for a little bit. Luckily, we we uh, we we found it or, or we caught on to it early. And um, and it's just it's a pretty fucking scary thing. And even after you get rid of it, you still have issues with your joints and immune system. I mean, it's similar to like chemo and radiation, where even after you cure your cure to chemo and radiation, uh, it's you still have tons of negative effects forever from it, you know, and, and chemo radiation is another fucking thing. That's crazy. We understand radiation causes cancer, but let's kill cancer with radiation. Dude. And what they don't, what they don't <laughs> fucking tell you is that the chances, the likelihood of you getting other types of cancer after going through chemo and radiation actually increase. That's why people who actually are, you know, they, they survive cancer. Then soon afterwards, they end up having cancer again. And it's usually some other type of cancer, which was caused by the chemo and radiation in the first place. And I had uh, Dr. Thomas Seafried on, who was actually recommended by Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who uh, he's, uh, he works at, I think it's Boston University, and he's one of the leading researchers into the ketogenic diet and how it can, it can manage and cure things like cancer. Because we understand that cancer uh, uses glucose for energy. Yeah. So it makes common sense that if you, if you uh, starve the cancer cell of glucose, you can actually kill or weaken the cancer cell well this guy has 150 peer-reviewed studies and nobody wants to look into it nobody i mean this is Dude, actual research if and you try to cure cancer you will get a call and they say if you cured somebody one more person's cancer they'll kill you you there's all these people have said they've been like they've cured cancer and they just and they get shut down you find uh studies giant studies where they were supposed to find a cure for cancer. They found it, and all their funding goes away. They say if you well, cure cancer, the U.S. economy will crash. Well, you you, uh, you ever watch the documentary 9-11, A New Pearl Harbor? Yeah. It's a, a great documentary. Well, that same filmmaker has been on my show, and he did this other documentary called uh, Cancer, The Forbidden Cures. And he goes through all these historical uh, different cures. Like uh, I think he talks about uh, Dr. Max Gerson, who's a German uh, uh, a doctor who, who try to uh, cure people of diseases by increasing the strength of your immune system and, and all these other uh, things throughout history that have had positive effects in curing cancer. Now, the thing that drives me crazy about these cancer uh, uh, treatments is that chemo and radiation doesn't solve everybody's problem, right? Like there's people who do it and die. So if people tr tried Max Gerson's treatment and, and you know somebody who attempted it and, and dies, why – like, why can it not be on the table? Why is it still not an option? You know, like we should have all our options out there. And the thing is, like, you know, Dr. Brzezinski, who's been on my show, they, people would say, and, and I'll tell you, I want to talk about fucking hate mail and tweets and all. I mean, I, there are so many bots and people tweeting me saying pseudoscience, bullshit. This guy's a quack. Dude. And, and it's actually paid off by the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, For in his sure. documentary, uh, I, if, you, if you guys haven't watched Brzezinski, uh, the Business of Cancer, I think it's called, the subtitle. Uh, it's on YouTube. There's a part one, part two. Eric Marola, who did a documentary, has uh, also been on my show. And it's an amazing documentary. I mean, it will pull at your heartstrings. I mean, it opens up with a guy, I forget what country he's from, and uh, who talks about how he came from a communist country, and not even that country would prevent doctors from curing people of diseases. And then it also opens up with uh, this a really heart-wrenching story of this police officer who had twin daughters, and uh, one of his daughters got cancer. And what, what ended up happening was that, uh, you know, he went through the typical, you, you know, they said that she's terminally ill, she's going to pass away. But if she 
if he does the chemo and radiation, he could, you know, prolong her death. So he's like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever uh, I can do to keep her on this earth uh, uh, as long as possible. So they end up putting her through chemo and ra- radiation. Her, uh, uh, it was so toxic that he had to wear gloves to uh, to change her diaper because her urine was burning and stuff. Whoa. And uh, so he couldn't, yeah. So he couldn't, he couldn't go through it anymore. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Fuck this, I'm done. So, um, so he ends up getting her off everything. He's like, I'd rather her live for less time and 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 not in pain than go through this pain and live a little longer. So he ends up hearing about Dr. Brzezinski, gets uh, gets her to Dr. Brzezinski. He goes to a, um, a third party or a different hospital to kind of uh, keep track of the tumor. It, it shrinks every every time they go there for uh, MRI. The tumor's smaller, smaller, smaller. Couldn't believe his fucking eyes. Like I forget, like in a couple months, she was completely cancer free. So positive story a year later she ends up dying they end up doing an autopsy it was the radiation and chemo that killed her and this guy has to live with this and he testifies this is there's a a, a actual you can see him in court telling the story trying to basically you know tell the the judge and and people that like hey this like this guy has saved people's lives and and you know it should be an option that's all i say it should be option and the only people that can go to dr brzezinski and, and many of these alternative doctors are people that are terminally ill because the FDA won't approve it. So he's already already getting people who's basically ready to die anyway. So, of course, he's not going to have 100 percent success rate. Of course, there's going to be some people who pass away because their bodies already weakened from the chemo and radiation. Their bodies already, you know, at at the end of the line. So people will look at somebody who passes away and say, oh, this guy went to Dr. Brzezinski and he didn't. Um, he, you know, he, he, he ended up uh, dying. I'm like, yeah, cause he's fucking terminally ill. Cause the only way you can go to a, a, a something that's not FDA approved is when, you know, it, it's, you're ready terminally ill and, and, and mainstream medicine and mainstream doctors are, don't have any other options. Then they're like, yeah, I guess you can do this. And that's, so that's the unfortunate thing. But what they don't tell you that there's actually people from the Saudi family who've been to Dr. Brzezinski, there's high ranked CIA people who've been to Dr. Brzezinski and are alive, they say, because of him. And I'm not saying he's the answer to everything. Uh, all I'm saying is that when when a loved one is dying, then they should have all the options, and nobody should restrict. I them mean, from going. Mexico's known for having cures for that. People sometimes go to Mexico when they when they think that the uh, U.S. healthcare system. Well, I mean, this is on a whole different topic. But do you know that uh, that gene editing baby guy? Yeah, he's missing. The yeah. Chinese yeah. guy is missing, and it's a, he. He found a way to take the HIV gene out, and now he goes missing, dude. By Huffington Post, this isn't just what about the Trump guy? The, guy, the guy in Trump's administration who's working on lowering the price of prescription medication, suddenly he suicides himself with two blunt force trauma shot, back, shots to the back of his head. I think from a hammer. That sounds like uh, the guys that committed suicide at Jamestown. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> like no, yeah. that didn't happen. It's dude, a fucking that murder. That's a murder all the time. It's unbelievable, yeah. dude. It's it's a racket, man. It's a fucking racket, and they're just gangsters, dude. They're just gangsters and they put out see the whole thing like like i do an event every year for the armenian bone marrow registry okay it's uh so that people can find matches for bone marrow um but i do it it's because it's 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 not really a find a cure thing it's find matches thing i'm i'm really over this let's march for a cure we need to get together and have a let's sue the fuck out of these companies Let's get a lawyer so good that we sue the fuck out of these companies to stop putting these chemicals in our food, in our water, and all that stuff that causes this cancer. 
Like we yeah, have the pink, a cure. The pink ribbon thing's all bullshit. The the pink ribbon thing is 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 there's a, a good documentary I think called The Pink Ribbon, and it's it's a uh, it's about how all this money just goes to putting together these events. None of it actually goes to cancer research. And you know, you look at how, and, and even if it did, right? You look at how much like nonprofit organizations who you know it just happens that the presidents of these nonprofit organizations are driving Lexuses and Mercedes. So I don't know. It just looks like they're making profit, but yeah. it's a. Uh, you know, but you look at all these nonprofit organizations, like there are millions and millions of dollars go to all these, you know, organizations that are uh, gathering money for cancer research. And yet we're still using the same prescription drugs. We're still using the same treatments. We're using all the same shit we've been using 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it's like, what development? What, what Where's all this money going? And how come we don't see any improvement in anything? If I get cancer today or if I got cancer in the 80s. They're giving me the same fucking treatment. Like there's, there's maybe slight differences. They don't want to cure it, dude. They don't want to cure it. There's so much money being made in it. It's just of all parts of society that are involved with it. And it just sucks. And nobody wants to believe that, but it's just the truth, man. Just do some investigating. You know, you've seen people funded. They get funded. By by governments to find cures, and when they do, they get shut down. Well, and you look at the, the sugar. We talked about how uh, sugar feeds cancer. I mean, sugar. I mean, that's a huge conspiracy in itself. I mean, there's uh, these Harvard. I don't know if you know about the, the sugar conspiracy. I know Gary Tobbs wrote a great book called uh, uh, "The Case Against Sugar." There's another great documentary called "Sugar Coded," and uh, it goes into the to suppress documents that showed that sugar was what was causing heart disease and all the obesity and all this stuff. But what they did was they suppressed that and they hired these Harvard doctors and scientists. Uh, it's called project two, two, six. Yeah. Project two, two, six. And what it was, it was, uh, they were trying to get everybody to focus on fats and cholesterol and basically try to deflect attention from sugar and put it on fats and cholesterol. Yeah. So what ended up happening is that fats and cholesterol, which are, crucial i mean i do the keto diet i've been doing it for years uh you know i I fucking i mean i eat all the fat and cholesterol i can and and you know they they convince you that that's what's causing the issue that's what's causing heart attacks that's what's causing all these health issues and they and that's why when you look at nutritional facts it's not a coincidence that if you look at like proteins you look at carbs you look at everything else and there's a, a daily value right it says like this is your daily value of this thing but next to sugar, there's no daily value because the idea was they want you to look at sugar like an empty calorie. Like it didn't do. Don't worry about it. Like look at look at the, the cholesterol, look at the carbs, look at the sodium. But don't worry about sugar. Just consume as much sugar as you want. And sugar is super addictive. It causes, you know, diabetes, obviously. Uh, um, it, it, it causes inflammation, which inflammation is like the root cause of almost every issue and disease when you look at it. Uh, and, you know, arthritis uh, can- feeds cancer cells. I mean, there's so many health issues linked to to uh, to sugar and they completely suppress the stuff from from the public. And then they had the same scientists that were involved in this actually went to go work for the government and eventually helped put together like basically the recommended uh, diet uh, diet for the, the for Americans, the, the food pyramid, you know, like thing that had breads and carbs and all this stuff like this should be the majority of your diet so it's insane it was all funded by the sugar industry i mean it's it's crazy and how many people are have diabetes how many people have cancer how many people have have arthritis how many people don't have energy how many people are overweight have all these issues depression because even diet can have effect on the way you feel our bodies 
is a giant chemistry project and everything you put in it has some chemical effect on it. So you're putting a bunch of shit with preservatives or a bunch of sugar or a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be consuming or shouldn't be consuming that much of. And then you're going to feel like shit and you're going to be depressed and you're going to be fat and you're going to be, you know, have low energy, which means you go to the pharmaceutical companies to get your, you know, or you. I'm or, telling or you, you take- man, it's that they're that powerful and it's that long of a game. They've been doing this. They've been setting this shit up for decades. The American Heart Association recommends or says that you should do 37.5 grams of sugar a day. How much cocaine that is if you did that in cocaine in one day? Yeah. 37 grams. Dude. (laughs) Well, there's a conspiracy. I wish I had the information on me, but if you look at the American Heart uh, Association and you look at uh, the... When they started pushing this, uh, this you know, saying that there's this link between, uh, you know, heart attacks and cholesterol, it was all bullshit. And the people who funded that study, it was all bullshit. I wish I had a study in front of me, and uh, and I and I looked it up. But it, yeah, if you look up the American Heart Association, it was linked to a, like a study that was nonsense. A person who had nothing to do with with science uh, and wasn't a doctor. It was you know, it was based on this one bullshit study, and it was it was all nonsense. I mean, it was, none none of it was scientific, and. I mean, this goes back to like a lot of this stuff. I mean, these terms like chemical imbalance, it sounds scientific, but there is no study. There is no test to see if there's a chemical imbalance, how imbalanced it is, but it sounds scientific. So when you go see a doctor and the thing is, it's not even the doctor's fault. When I had Dr. Don Diagostino on, you know, he talked about how, you know, and then other doctors, they'll tell you like they don't learn diet and nutrition. You spend all these years in college learning pharmaceutical drugs. And then you, you, you spend one day learning diet and nutrition. But the crazy thing is, right, we understand if you eat healthy, you feel better. So why the fuck are, would doctors say that vitamins and all this stuff is nonsense and bullshit and it doesn't work? Like if vitamins don't work, then eating healthy shouldn't make you feel better because most vitamins, if not all of them, are extra, you know, it's, it's root extracts. It's, it's, it's a concentrated version of something you're getting from food. And, and so it's like if I'm getting vitamin C, but if, we all agree vitamin C and, and milk thistle helps your liver. I mean, there's glucosamine helps your joints. Um, I, I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, who had uh, Bell's palsy, uh, the, you know, the nerve issue where he was like, you know, almost drooling. And he was on all these uh, prescription drugs. They didn't know, how, you know, when it was going to go away, if it was going to go away. And then I found uh, I, had, I had a buddy of mine who uh, owned a supplement store and uh, and I'm, he found this specific I think it was a specific C vitamin or some specific vitamin that helped with nerves. And he took it and it actually helped him. In like two days, he texted me and said, dude, it's fucking gone. And uh, and I'm like, the fact that like, you can't even say it treats anything. Like vitamin companies can't say they treat anything. You know, it's against the law. They legally can't say it. And it's like, so you go to a vitamin store, you're completely overwhelmed by all these vitamins. Um, there's not a whole lot of research in it because if you can't patent it, there's not like who's going to invest in, in researching it. Right. Because right. I mean, if I can't, you know, so there's not all. So and then you can't. And then on the label, I can't even say it treats anything. So I, I pick up something. It just says vitamin C, but I don't or, or milk thistle or glucosamine or MSN or, or, or turmeric. But it doesn't tell me what it benefits because it can't because they're too worried about legally getting in trouble by saying it treats anything. You know, yeah, so dude, it's, we had pharmaceutical companies make it so we couldn't get weed. That's what they do. It's like profits over people. It's profits Absolutely. over people, man. They want us to be tired and ignorant and angry and depressed because that buys all their shit. That's what they want. That's the whole game right there. I mean, we could get into there. There's like, so, I mean, Bayer and Monsanto. So we can get into that. But man, this was a great episode, dude. It's a lot of fun, Thanks, man. man.
Um, one more time, tell them about your podcast and where they can find it. Yeah, the Ripple Effect podcast. It's uh, available everywhere you can get podcasts. If you're listening to this, it's available there. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on uh, Google Play. Uh, it's also on YouTube. Uh, like most podcast uh, listeners, they don't listen to too much on YouTube. So most of my downloads are on apps because they're long form. But uh, if you ever want to see the video version of, of a podcast, like the one uh, Sam was talking about, we did that swap cast with uh, James Corbett and uh, the Conspiracy Farm guys. If you visually want to see it, you can go on our YouTube channel. It's RV Theory Six, which is also my Twitter handle, my Instagram uh, handle. The Ripple Effect Podcast has a uh, Facebook page, so you can do that. Uh, check that out, and uh, yeah, it's available everywhere. You know, rate us, review us, do all that stuff, and um, and and most importantly, share it because that's one thing I'm always kind of sparking is uh, this idea of uh, starting a little ripple. Uh, we're all doing it. We're all a part of it. I mean, a lot of times people have discussions and they're like, you know, what am I doing? I'm not creating any change. And, and I tend to differ. I think that this is exactly how you create changes is, I mean, look how many different documentaries, little, little topics and, and things that we brought up that people can research on their own. And, uh, and, you know, it might change their perspective and they might look into it and then they're going to share uh, that information with somebody else and spark a conversation. And, and really that's, uh, that's why I think the art of conversation is so important. I think, uh, it, you know, we all grow, we all, and, and I think that's what I love about your show. You're, you're willing to look at things from every perspective and, uh, willing, not just the, the challenge ideas, but to have your ideas challenged. And that's something that I keep saying, cause I don't think we have enough of, I think it's really important to, um, to be able to, to, to look at things from all perspectives and also admit when you're wrong. Like there's plenty of things that my opinions have changed since I started my podcast on certain things and, and they should constantly be changing. We should constantly be reevaluating yeah, what, sure. what we believe and why we believe. So. All right, buddy. You're a G. Thank you, Ricky, for coming on. It's the Ripple Effect Podcast. Check it out. XG, it's a pleasure. Uh, Guys, man, two great podcasts we did this week. Super excited. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon.